Hello, listeners. Uh, thanks for joining us for another episode of Minnesota State University Mankato's Family Orientation Podcast. Um, as with every episode, I think I'm pretty enthusiastic about it, but today I'm particularly enthusiastic in that we have an opportunity to talk with two current students here at the university who've uh, been here for a couple years themselves, and, and both are student leaders, um, uh, the top student leaders, if you will, here at our university. And so uh, they're going to share a little bit more about themselves, but as we've talked with various offices and most recently faculty, and, um, uh, we've learned uh, so much about what the university is planning to do, but it'd be great to learn a little bit more, we thought, about what the student experience was like this past spring when we, we had to make the unfortunate pivot, but then learn a little bit more about how students are preparing for this fall themselves, both as leaders and then as a, as a student <laughs> in addition. Um, and no, we can't technically separate the two, but uh, um, I think Today's conversation should be a pretty good one to, to learn more about. So first off, let me introduce, um, we are joined by two of our student government leaders, uh, the president and the vice president. Andrew Traney is our president, and I'll ask him to introduce himself a little bit more in a sec here. And then Arnavi Maltari, she's our vice president as well, and you can see him here on screen, or listeners there. Two really good looking students hanging out here, so we appreciate that. So I, I would ask both of you, I'll start with Andrew first. Um, you know, share with uh, our listeners, where are you from and, and why do you like Minnesota State? Uh, as mentioned, my name is Andrew Trenny and I'm the student body president. Um, and I come from Chaska, Minnesota. So it's about an hour-ish, hour and a half north of Mankato. Um, and one of the reasons why I chose the university and like about the university, um, our campus is probably one of the best um, in, the, um, in the Minnesota State system. Um, I know when I originally was applying for college, I looked at like uh, NDSU, San Cloud, Winona, um, but I think our campus is really unique. Um, it's really open, clean. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot of um, support services for students. Um, I just say it just has that nice feel that I like about it. Excellent, excellent. And our vice president, Arnavi. Uh, Arnavi, where are you from, and why'd you choose MSU? So as mentioned again, my name is Arnavi, and I'm from a small town in Madhya Pradesh, from India, and. Why MNSU, I would say, I applied to 13 universities, ended up here, um, except got accepted in all of them. But yeah, I heard that um, they provide really good scholarships at first, but when I came here, I realized diversity and inclusion was really good, something I really enjoy about being here. Excellent, excellent. Well, this is a tale of two, two students here, uh, one from Chaska, one from India. Um, which is a nice mix uh, that I think our university does offer. You never know who you might be able to interact with in, in a class or, or a student organization or something. So uh, again, thank you both for taking time to uh, be with us here today. So this past spring was super unusual and we continue to be in this super unusual time with the, the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, yeah, we're recording this on July 7th. And so as, as every day we learn a little bit more about where it's kind of growing across the country and local planning and everything related to that. But I want to turn the, the clock back a little bit. You know, at some point we started the spring semester. It was a pretty normal semester. It was cold here in Mankato, snow. It seems like so long ago, it's been in the 90s the last couple of days. But what was it like for you as a student when suddenly it made sense that the universities across our state all moved to distance learning? How did that impact you and how did your classes go? Um, I guess I can start. So when we got the original, um, notification about, you know, COVID-19 really kicking off and the transition online, I was heartbroken um, just because I was supposed to study abroad for spring break um, and that obviously got canceled so that I was really looking forward to that. 
Um, but also a lot of my classes um, obviously moved online. And I would say it was hard because I lived in a spot where I had internet and I had a computer, but I didn't have that face-to-face -face connection. So it was a lot of um, papers and watching lectures and stuff like that. Um, while I would say it was kind of a different experience, I'm glad our faculty were able to um, transition so fast in the university. I know I was scared right away because I said to myself, how am I supposed to learn in an online environment? How am I, because I've never had to do that before. Um, but I think our faculty really helped and stepped up and it made me feel more comfortable towards the end. So and I'm excited for what fall um, holds for us. Mm -hmm. uh, Andrew, I, sh I should have asked you, what's your major? Uh, my major is political science with a minor in history and business law. Excellent, excellent. So RV, what was it like for you? Um, I've never been a really big fan of online classes myself either. And in spring, I was taking a really interactive program in MNSU that was IBE program, where you make your own company and sell your products around school or around the town, depends on the situation. And uh, okay, to sell your products, it's not necessary just to be online and you, you gotta meet people, right? Now, everything goes online. <laughs> And I have no idea what we are doing for the company and like for the classes. But uh, my peers were really supportive. My professors were really supportive about it. And when no one knew after spring break, we were not coming to school in person. We were coming online. But it seemed to be a really good and smooth transition. I liked it. That's good. And I should, what's your major minor? Um, um, I'm a MIS major with a bad business administration minor. And uh, MIS is? Management Information System. System. Gotcha. Not everybody knows our acronyms here. So. <laughs> Absolutely. So, also, you're uh, definitely a techie and gonna, gonna, I can see, oh no? <laughs> <laughs> Not a huge programming person. <laughs> no. Well, clearly the ability with uh, technology, I assume you're a little more comfortable with, with those kind of majors, that's for certain. Well, um, can you speak, both of you, I'll start with you, Arnavi, you know, um, so you talk about your pivot as a student. What about student government and student leadership? How did that change? Um, I've always heard budget meetings were hard for student government, and this was my first year with student government, and it all moved online. But uh, I would say uh, Andrew and Anissa worked really hard. Anissa was president for last year. And yeah, these guys worked really hard and I feel like it was really smooth as compared to what I assumed in my head. Um, and talking about our personal projects, a lot of things might have been canceled, but people continue to work. So that was something I feel like that kept everybody motivated towards the goal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's excellent. Andrew, what about you? I would say, um, yeah, I was the student body vice president last year and then um, was elected this year's president. But I would say the pivot of student government last year was very challenging um, in the sense that we had the budget meeting, which typically happens in the end of spring, um, which includes our student fees, tech fee, CSU fee, health services. Um, we approved them all as a Senate, which is our main body of student government. And it was hard because we never done it online before. And having that confidence and uh, not only the administration to have a legitimate process um, was tricky, but also to have people understand what's being voted on was also very hard. Um, I'd say the one big challenging part of student government and something we've really been looking at this year is we are an organization, a student organization, but we're one, we're one that cannot stop our work. 
um, a lot of RSOs um, kind of just called it at the end of the semester and said, you know what, we we are hands-on work. We can't transition to Zoom. We <clears throat> we can't do um, certain activities anymore. But student government's one that we can't stop advocating for students uh, increasingly in our environment, especially at the end of the last semester. We really had to pick up the pace and start bringing more issues to the attention of the university. Um, I know one big thing was um, student access to technology. Um, we really had to fight for, for a lot of things for our student population. Um, so it really just um, showcased that the need for student government only increases when there's a desire or a, a pandemic and school closure and school going online. Um, so I'd say it really you know, increased and it was really fun, I would say. Um, we had a lot of late nights and a lot of um, a lot of meetings that happened, but I think that's the best thing that came out of it was in knowing that we as students are our best advocate. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, you know, in your response, sir, you referenced um, RSO for our listeners. That's a recognized student organization, or it's it's our clubs in in various um, groups, honor clubs, societies. It's it's a bunch of different mix and. Last I knew, we're well over 200 different student organizations that way. And so um, uh, to Andrew's point, I mean, somebody needs to kind of keep moving ahead to provide the support for those groups as well. So, um, yeah, that makes a ton of sense. So what is, what is Andrew, let's start with you now. What is student government doing in preparation for this coming fall? So there is a lot happening from our student government standpoint. Um, you know, we've had, um, usually there's an interim period kind of between student governments, you know, the summer has been very quiet, um, but COVID and the capability of Zoom um, has really allowed us to continue our mission of advocating for students on all levels. Um, throughout this pandemic, um, the university's return to learn plan, we've had student voices on that plan um, and we continue to do so. Um, we've also kept up, you know, our meetings with the key administrators, such as Dr. Jones um, and Students United, which is the statewide student association that advocates on the state and federal level for students. Um, we've really been keeping pushing our core ideas that um, we want lower cost of students. We want to make sure students have equal access. Um, and we also want to have our long term objectives. Um, you know, from the George Floyd killings, we want to see um, some reform in, in the law enforcement program. Um, we want to see um, our student activity fees be spent like wisely. Um, so we've really had to categorize some of our long-term and short-term um, kind of goals and really kind of capitalize on them. Um, I know one big key thing we've been really involved in is um, the course deliveries and how that's affecting our student population. Um, you know, a lot of students don't realize that um, when they take an online course, it may be cool for them and it may be a nice um, convenience, but there's an extra cost associated with that. And um, we've been really trying to fight for that cost to be um, known to students. And we've been trying to fight um, to make it so we don't have to see those fees on our courses and stuff like that. Um, so it's really, we've seen a lot of, um, a lot of movement on some key issues. Um, like the international student health care. If you're an international student, you have to pay, um, what is it, $1,800? Yeah, $1,800 um, for health insurance. And it was, the university is now allowing it to be split in two payments, um, which is something we've been, have been asking for for a long time. And I give Dr. Jones and the whole um, university leadership credit um, for helping students in this time of need. And so we, we've been really working to push student voices to the top levels. Um, and it's been a hard, it's been challenging. Um, there's only so many people that can help and can give their opinions and 
Um, but we encourage every student to reach out if they ever have a concern, and we're always here for you. Excellent. Arvi, anything you'd add? Um, I would just summarize what Andrew said, not re revising all the points, but um, like you know how fan runs on electricity? We we are the we are that electricity which you cannot see but has to work be behind the scenes. And I just feel like, yeah, international healthcare, that, that is something I've been working on with these guys uh, because this is my first year being the vice president. And yeah, Andrew has been working for two years and this is all result of a long-term hard work. The school and the student government, both of us are just trying to make it more comfortable and a better place for students to feel safe during the pandemic and difficult times. And we would like to help as much as we can. Yeah, it totally makes sense. And, and you know, um, our, our need to continue, that your work that you need to continue to do, um, you know, every day is being informed by new government decisions, um, system impacts. You know, again, I shared July 7th, yesterday, Homeland Security announced that they are, um, you know, expecting international students, if they're not, if they can only study online, you know, go home. I know that that impacts many of our students. You know, we're, we're about 9% international students in our population. So our need to work together to make sure that students are picking the right courses so that's not a danger um, will be really important. And, and I think that's one of the nice examples where we can partner on various things there because we, we want to make sure students are making the right um, decisions to make sure they can continue to work towards their degree. I mean, that's why you're here. I love your analogy to electricity because it is that kind of uh, keep, keep things moving behind the scenes and everything. So when you talk about getting involved in student government, what are, what are some of those opportunities look like? I guess I, I can take this. Um, so <clears throat> student government offers a wide variety of ways to get involved. Um, it's kind of that you're choosing if you're comfortable going in the deep end or just you want to take smaller roles. Um, we have over 40 different committees um, tackling anything from like the CSU, which is our student building on campus, to environmental um, concerns around campus, to academic affairs, um, newspaper board, there's a student allocations committee, which hears budget presentations. And, um, so those are just some of the committees. There's a wide variety on our um, application, which is on our Engage page. Um, but I would highly encourage um, students to consider joining one of those committees. Um, they're very small time commitments and very, um, but the impact is tremendous. Um, I remember when I was a freshman, um, I joined the new, um, what was it called? The library, the library, no, the bookstore advisory committee. And my earliest memory of why I got involved in student government, which we'll probably get to in a little bit, is that you get to meet so many people as in students and administrators, and you get to hear more about the university and offering um, student input and also hearing what the university, how the university functions. Um, I'd also say another way to get involved is joining our Senate. Um, there's 32 members of our student government Senate, uh, which is a population of our student body. Um, there's academic senators, there's res life senators off campus. So there's a, you can find your niche. Um, <clears throat> if you care a lot about um, your college, um, like social behavioral sciences or college of business, you can be one of those senators that meets with the Dean um, and can speak for those students in that constituency. But if you also care about, off-campus issues or on-campus issues, you can be one of those senators as well um, and really, you know, speak for those students in those areas and really improve student life. Um, I know we currently do going into the fall semester. We do have, I believe, just a res life vacancy. So if you're a first-year student living in the dorms 
the res halls, um, consider that opportunity to run for that vacancy and really um, be, be a senator your first year. I was a first year senator um, as well. And it was one of the best experiences that really got me involved in the university. Um, it improved my GPA. I made new friends. Um, it got, we, got me where I am now. So I would consider, you know, committees and or Senate um, senator vacancies are kind of the two key ways to get involved um, in student government and great opportunities as well. What about you, Arnavi? I mean, he added everything again. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I have always said this. You can make an impact wherever you are. But if you're really passionate about something specific, you should definitely join student government. I feel like um, we need more student voices on the table and you, we need your voices to be heard. And we have so many committees to join. We have so many areas you can work on. So yeah, it's worth the experience, trust me. Awesome, awesome. Well, it's been fun to, uh, with my advantage, um, get an opportunity to work for you a couple of years and kind of see, um, you may, this might be embarrassing, but kind of the maturation process as well. And, and kind of see your growth as a, as a leader. And uh, it's fun to see that because uh, you know as well as I do that, that there's some incredible classroom learning, but then there's also outside the classroom some great opportunities to interact with others and whether it's practicing peer leadership, um, uh, disagreeing with the classmate and how to do that in a respectful manner, um, to asking hard questions of administrators and faculty um, to make sure they're responding to some of the needs that students might have. So um, it's fun to kind of watch that whole path of growth and everything. So um, I, I mentioned faculty and, and um, you are students first, um, you know, that's kind of the core thing here. <laughs> uh, you know, we, we look forward to you to graduate and everything. Um, and so you have an opportunity to interact with a lot of faculty during your time here and such. I'm not going to ask you who your favorite faculty member is because that, that's, that might be too pinpoint. Um, but can you share, share with our listeners um, if there's been a particular professor has been rather impactful on you and how that has helped you be a better student and person here at the university? I would say um, I have a couple, well, I can't name one. I have a couple in my um, political science department, but I also like, um, I would name like Paul Hostels. He's, um, he's an outgoing faculty member um, who's retiring this year. Um, but he was, I think more impactful on me um, as a student leader, I would say, as a student as well, but more as a student leader. He um, chaired the, I think, theater department uh, mm -hmm. for a long period of time. And he, you know, we're sad to see him go, but his, his fondest advice to me has really improved my advocacy for students. Um, you know, we, I'm, you know, student government, we meet with the union for the faculty. And I've had a lot of conversations with him about some critical issues that we disagreed with. And he really gave me some advice on how to approach some of these issues um, and really continue finding a better way that I can speak for students. Um, and I think he really gave me a lot of practical advice um, outside of the classroom because obviously he's a theater professor and I'm a political science student. <laughs> you don't really think they would ever clash or ever see each other, or really get to know each other. But he really made that impact that uh, really made me who I am in this year. Um, it was kind of, I knew him last year, um, but I think he was a really good resource and I'm sad to see him go. Oh, excellent choice. Yeah, he's, he's pretty, pretty special professor. Arnavi, what about you? Uh, I don't have any specific faculty, but there's been a lot of people who have been like a push force for me to just go and do 
a specific thing like joining student government for example my freshman year i met fazal rehani and he was the student body president in the year before so he goes hey if you are interested you should join it and i'm like okay i am interested but i didn't join it till my like two years i joined it when i was a junior but he was someone whose voice just came back and forth in my head and i ended up joining it and then yeah there's been anisa andrew himself then mark constantine the director of csu he was someone who gave me one of my first desk jobs and i really love it because he supported me all the time when i wanted yeah he's been really nice excellent excellent well i'm biased as well i think we've had a very caring supportive maverick community and and so to, to hear your stories is kind of it's fun every student has a story and and whenever you have those opportunities it's it's pretty fun our time is winding up here. I want to give you both kind of one more opportunity to kind of share. Is there any other advice for your fellow students or, or the family members and how they can support their students as we head into the fall? <laughs> um, I would just say, if you are coming to college, it's not just about classes and education. It's about a whole lot more than that. Like you can make worth lot more of your college experience by joining student government, learning more, meeting new people, like having cultural interaction maybe. Um, knowing more about different areas would be much more than what you think it is. So you should just jump in, just get involved. I like it. I like it. And student government lead, President Andrew Trenny with the final word. What's the advice would you give? Um, my advice, I'm going to try to be unique in the do get involved, that's very important, but I would also say um, take advantage of what the university has to offer. Um, student government may be that opportunity, but there also is other plenty of other resources on campus like uh, student activities or um, RHA or fraternity and sorority life. Find that area that you enjoy and get involved. Even during a pandemic, um, you can still learn and meet new people. Um, you know, there's still gonna be events happening on campus this year, online or in person. Um, so really don't be afraid to even in this time to get involved because the, the amount you pay in tuition is what you pay to go to class. You, that also covers, um, your involvement. So use that free involvement that you can get to not only network, but grow skills is going to be key to your success going in the future. Um, I totally learned from joining student government and other RSOs how to be a better, not only human, but better person, um, learn more things about, you know, things going on in the world, be more engaged. You know, I, I always tell the story that I was never involved in high school. I literally didn't do anything. Um, and now to go from doing nothing to being student government president um, in three, three years, really showcases what this university has to offer. And, you know, I have some friends that don't like to get involved and don't choose to get involved. And I can just see the difference between people who do and who don't. So I encourage everyone to get outside of their comfort zone, get involved, big or small roles, whatever that may be, just do it. Um, you won't regret it. Um, it's been the best experience of my life doing this. Wow, that's, I can't find a better way to finish up. So um, a rags to riches and leadership story right there. So. <laughs> Um, thank you both, Andrew, Arnavi. Uh, really appreciate you carving out some time today and spending some time with our listeners and family members and, and maybe some, some incoming students as well. Um, for our listeners, stay tuned. We've got some more episodes coming up. And um, I believe this is episode number 10. So thank you both for being part of that. And uh, um, 
stay tuned, continue to check out the Return to Learn website. Uh, check your emails. We continue to have updates as we're getting closer to a couple of the key hallmark dates that the governor of Minnesota has identified that we'll have some more concrete decisions. So we know that's people have questions and we we're trying to provide those answers as quickly as we're able to. With that, thank you both again and uh, stay safe and healthy out there. And uh, I do appreciate it. Thank you.